0: Hello, it's Nick Brown, Editor-in-Chief of Archives of Disease in Childhood. Welcome to the November Atoms. A better alternative. Like many, you may have been unwittingly seduced by the relaxed public health stance to vaping, the case being built, or at least afforded protection from scrutiny, on the basis of the lack of tar and carbon monoxide content. Let's look at this from another angle, though. E-cigarettes are addictive and include components with properties that, were they marketed as a new drug, would never be licensed, pro-inflammatory and proteomic effects on the airway, increased bacterial adherence, hypersensitivity, and the list goes on. In combination, these are as destructive as old-fashioned tobacco in terms of production of emphysema in a murine model. From the perspective of protecting the health of young people, these data alone raise red flags and collectively show clear breaches of the European Tobacco Products Directive, which prohibits the addition of compounds which pose a risk to human health, either when heated or not. As Bush and colleagues' blistering, compelling attack on the chameleon-esque industry suggests, society has been, and continues, to be duped. This has to be read, and is my editor's choice for the month. Hearing loss, the subtle end of the spectrum, The effect of severe hearing loss on speech is well recognised, but what is less clear is whether common, subtle defects predict school performance. Wang and colleagues sought to address this gap in serial cross sectional analyses of data collected at 11 to 12 years of age in children enrolled in the Longitudinal Australian Cohort Study. Effect sizes, by standard deviation reduction for nearly 1,500 children with mild hearing loss which is a threshold of 16 to 40 decibels in relation to national assessment programme, literacy, numeracy, language, teacher-reported learning, parent and teacher-reported behaviour and self-reported quality of life. Of the total, 9.2 and 13.1% had slight, mild bilateral or unilateral hearing loss, respectively. Per standard deviation increment in better ear threshold predicted worse scores in reading, 0.11 of a standard deviation, parent reported behaviour, physical, psychosocial skills and sentence repetition. So what does this mean in practice? The data are cross-sectional so any inferences must be guarded but the association is plausible. Do we need to wait decades for longitudinal data or is screening warranted? If so, how often? And when does one start? And then if positive, how does one intervene? Aeration tubes? Amplification? or simply positioning a child closer to her or his teacher. Amazing how little we really know. One step for a surgeon. This month's Voices piece is one of the history series. In it, Mazurak chronicles the moving background to the world's first patent ductus arteriosus surgery by Robert Gross in Boston in 1938. As is typical of such advances, the leaps of faith and bravery on both personal and professional levels were acquired, and though the operation marked a great step forward for medicine, cost-gross the relationship with his erstwhile boss. Regulatory problem, or variant: Human babies are born at a more immature, more dependent stage of development than their animal counterparts, and, as a result, require greater postnatal adaptation it's likely that the constellation of symptoms collectively known as regulatory problems are symptomatic of a delay or perhaps a rerouting of this process. Normal features such as crying, poor sleeping and reluctance to feed become pathological in excess, but what if any are the long-term consequences? To explore the relationship between early and late regulatory problems further, Olsen and colleagues followed over 3,000 infants born between 2010 and 2013 in Denmark, visited by a community health nurse at birth and a year. In their fully adjusted model, adjusted for socioeconomic and perinatal factors, showed an odds ratio of 3.36, an association which was stronger in boys. Other independent predictors included maternal schooling of less than 10 years and parental birth outside Scandinavia. They concluded that early regulatory problems suggest early neuroregulatory vulnerability, an issue discussed in detail by Volk's accompanying editorial. The lack of self-control in this group requires more consistent external control to nurture self-regulation. These measures, though, easy to prescribe, are of course not always easy in the throes of sleep deprivation. Thanks for listening. There's obviously a great deal more in this month's issue. Be sure to check out the website too on adc.bmj.com. See you next time.